Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Welcome, everybody. You're listening to Nurses Out Loud on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. I am your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton, and today I am joined by my amazing sister nurses, Nurse Michelle and Nurse Jody O'Malley, for another edition of Nurse News Analysis. So what we're going to talk about today, uh, I think it's a topic that doesn't get enough attention. Um, We're going to be talking about how we've completely tainted our blood supply. Recently, the American Red Cross put out a um, a post on Instagram. It says the Red Cross doesn't label blood products as containing vaccinated or unvaccinated blood or separate donations as the COVID-19 vaccine doesn't enter the bloodstream and poses no safety risks to patients which is a complete and total lie. Um, That's another story, but um, they put out an entire statement about that. So I think that's a good topic for us to start with um, in that this is a problem. We are, we've completely tainted our blood supply. We know that the um, spike protein absolutely does travel in the bloodstream. That has been well established. Uh, No matter how many times the American Red Cross denies it, we know that that is the case. So I know that there are, you know, things that we're doing in the interim before we get to, uh, obviously we need a new blood bank. What say you ladies? I'm blown away. I mean, I had the guest from Unjected official dating site that is for people who are specifically trying to date only within the unvaccinated pool because they have actually read the science that apparently the Red Cross can't even Google and find themselves. I mean, if your average American can go and Google and find out that there is published science showing that, yes, it is actually in the blood stream and yes, it is getting there. And if you uh, have medical people injecting vaccines and they don't do the retracting on the needle on the syringe before they inject it, we can't say with authority how many people were vaccinated without that weren't injected directly into their bloodstream. Right. It, that's so well, true. That, well, that's true. But then there's also the fact that we have something called lipid nanoparticles. <laughs> yeah. And they slip right under all those door cracks. They I mean, everywhere. Hello. That's their delivery system is the lipid nanoparticles. And it has been well established that it's bioavailable, right? We, I, I just met a lady here in Rome and, you know, we started talking. She was at another table with her daughter traveling and we got to talking. And of course, I tell the truth and what I've done. And she was intrigued and she lives in San Francisco. And she said that a couple of her close girlfriends started bleeding again. Right. We oh, we yeah. know that it, it, you know, affects the ovaries and it, it, it's just everywhere. We 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 know this. And. Yeah, I mean, I did a post on it. And and the post is, you know, if you go to Twitter, 
And you type that in um, the title that you had just said, which was, let's see, it was um, the American Red Cross and just type in the Red Cross doesn't label blood products as containing vaccinated or unvaccinated. And you'll see that it's just a copy and paste. And the last one I found was in March of this year. And, um, and all they're doing is copying and pasting the same thing. And it's, it's horrific. You know, I mean, you type into Google, you know, is the mRNA and can, can the mRNA be, you know, detected in the blood? And you'll see a study by, um, Fertig and colleagues, uh, titled vaccine mRNA can be detected in blood at 15 days post-vaccination. And, and, you know, there's, there's more of them like that. The, the problem is, is that they're not funding the studies, right? Because we know that most studies are funded, get their money from universities or healthcare systems, and they're all ran by big pharma. Big pharma is not going to fund a study to tell us that. Exactly. And it, like you said, it's been something that they were, they're kind of cutting and pasting for uh, over and over again on social media, because I actually called them out on this complete and total lie several months ago. It was probably six months or more where I, I, you know, cited different studies that absolutely proved and was well established that um, it was found in the bloodstream. I, of course, I got no response, <laughs> which is not surprising to me. But it's like they keep saying it over and over again, thinking if they keep saying it over and over again, that some somehow people will believe it to be true kind of reminds me of my first husband but anyway um that's another that's another episode oh my word (laughs) when i did the interview of the injected um founder on my article that people can go to nurses out loud and find the article is called unvaccinated and embrace injected.com dating app in covid19 era and in that there's also a link to five options for blood. And one of them is called Pure Blood Registry, Safe Blood, Blessed by His Blood, um, Vax Control Group, and Vax Control, um, yeah, and they have religious preference cards as well. So we, I, we can get that link in the show notes that people, if they are looking at pre-op, people are reaching out to me often saying, Michelle, I've got a scheduled surgery. And how can I store up blood? And that is obviously something that people can actually do and store up their own blood. And there's a, what's called a, a togulus, a togulus, is that how you say it right? Autologous, which is a donation using your own blood, or you can do directed donation with, uh, you know, matching uh, donors. And that's something that we actually work with, um, with Pure Blood Registry, which is an amazing organization that is really looking to find solutions to this problem in the interim where we don't have a new blood bank, but we are able to have this directed donor network. And we're also in talks with, um, uh, um, safe blood as well to do because remnant at remnant nursing we actually provide advocacy services for their members at pure blood and we're in and talks to provide those as well for safe blood um so 
you know, what you do is you go to their, their website and they are able to get you set up with potential donors in your area. And we have our team at Remnant that comes in and facilitates the entire process because you will get pushback when you call the hospital and let them know that you want a directed donation, even though this is nothing new, directed donations have been happening for decades. Um, but all of a sudden it's an issue, it's a problem. So be prepared, you will um, receive pushback from facilities, from hospitals, I'll tell you it's near impossible, but we have successfully um, gotten these directed donations uh, within typically three to five days. Um, we've, we've been able to get this for our, our members. Yeah, that works for the people who had the preoperative, but I yes. found myself in that emergency situation right. and I was panicking. I thought I'm going to have hip surgery mm -hmm. in a blue state that's very highly vaccinated. And what am I going to do if I have to have blood? Thank goodness my emergency surgery only had like five cc's of blood loss. It was nothing. But if it, if something had gone wrong, I really was, I was, you're always in the hands of God, but boy, did I know it. And there was my injury. By the time we were getting all the documents signed, it was 10 p.m. No registries were open at that hour. I reached out to injected and my surgery was before 10 a.m. the next morning. So I literally I was in the hands of God. I had no choice but to possibly risk having to get blood donations. So finding out these answers in advance is definitely worth it. And that article I mentioned, and uh, we'll put these in the links today about this show so that we can help you be prepared for this because. When, when you need it, you need to know the answers, right, Jody? Yes, exactly. Yeah, 100%. We need to start working on solutions to that blood bank issue. But until we get to that point, then we definitely need to have a backup plan. And that's why I always try to impart on people having an advocacy plan, having an advocate in place is so critically important. Um, you cannot wait until you're in that situation because you're already behind the eight ball. Please get an advocacy plan again, whether that's through our organization at Remnant Nursing or another organization, because there are other organizations out there. Just make sure that you have a plan in place with somebody who you're comfortable with. Um, and just don't try to go it alone. Even if you're in healthcare yourself, you still need somebody advocating for you on your behalf because it's a whole different ballgame. And I think you can probably attest to this, Michelle, when you're the patient and you had to advocate for yourself, but it's a whole, you're looking at everything through a completely different lens as a patient or even as a loved one of a patient. Yeah. And I'm sitting here um, wounded, injured, and I could have been unconscious. I mean, I lost consciousness twice because of pain, but I was trying to, I tried not to take any medicine on the ambulance ride because I wanted to have my wits about me to be able to advocate for myself because I knew I was going to have to do that for myself. And I'm sure some of these organizations are already willing to take your blood now and store it for you. There, there may be a cost for it, but in the event that you need it, like I did, and I didn't see that coming at all for my life, um, I could have possibly had that overnighted to the hospital and have it. And if I didn't use it, it probably, I would have been able to sign some waiver to donate it to somebody else, but because it had already been transported there. I'm sure they're trying to solve all these things, but they're storing not only um, umbilical cord blood, but they're storing sperm, unvaccinated sperm yeah. donations and egg donations where people have already had embryos, um, unfertilized, I'm sorry, fertilized eggs that are from donors that are unvaccinated. It is the, like I've, I actually saw something go through my 
Instagram that said the most valuable commodity going forward is probably going to be the unvaccinated person's organs and blood. And this person was saying, you may not want to be advertising that you are that because there may be targeting of people um, for what you have. What do y'all think about that kind of extreme thinking? I honestly don't put it past. I, 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 I see the world just like falling. <laughs> I yeah. just do. <laughs> you know, me and my end times prophetic worldview, you know, um, I'm just, I'm just trying to, you know, there's that scripture that comes to mind is occupy until I return. So I'm just trying to live the best life here on earth as I can right, right now until I'm called up. Same. And, you know, we're not we're not meant to live in that spirit of fear. So I think that it's important to, you know, I, I'm kind of with Jody. I feel like all of this is very prophetic uh, that we are in end times. But at the same time, what an exhilarating and exciting time to be alive, to be not just to be alive during this time, but to have been chosen to be a part of what is happening right now is is amazing. Um, so, but I don't like to live in that spirit of fear and that along those lines is what we talked about um, in, in an, an episode recently where we talked about people were trying to talk me out of going to Colombia because there are different, it's kind of scary in that part of the world. What's well, kind of scary here in the United States as well, but we don't want to miss out on amazing life experiences because we are trapped living in, you know, a bottle of fear. Yeah. And jo- Jody's um, her specific thing that you're doing, the truth movement is about walking in your calling. And recently we all heard a nurse that's pretty popular on Instagram and nurse Erica was addressing how it was insulting to say that nurses uh, have that it's a calling that nursing is a calling. And I thought, oh, my word, she literally is bringing to our attention the reason why we have a problem in this profession, because people are going into it who don't think it's a calling. Yeah. And I I do. I recall that post and I was kind of taken aback by it because, no, I'm not saying that everybody who's a nurse was called to be a nurse. I'm not saying that, but what she was saying was that by saying that nursing is a calling, it was a calling for me. I think it, it was for all of us here today, but she was saying that by saying that, that we were actually devaluing our profession and I could not disagree with that statement more. Um, I don't think anything that we've done, I mean, we're not saying that because it's a calling that we should do it for free. <laughs> Certainly not. I think everything that we do with with remnant nursing, you know, has really been about showing nurses that they they're letting them see their own value and uh, taking that, you know, hospital middleman out of it and showing that the nurse in and of itself as an independent profession um, that we are valuable and that we can actually um, you know, we can we can receive the the fruits of our labor directly rather than you know begging for the hospital to throw us a couple of crumbs. I guess you could say. So I don't think that there's anything uh, wrong with if it is a calling for you. Saying it is a calling. If it's not a calling, well, that's that's just fine. I I do realize that for some people it is just a paycheck, but I don't see how it's like a mutually exclusive thing. Like if it's a calling, then we're devaluing. Jody, what are your thoughts? Well, I think, you know, first of all, let's give a little bit of background on Nurse Erica. Nurse Erica has a very large Instagram following. Mm-hmm. And the 
lot of things that she had said um, like a couple years ago that I was kind of following along with her. And then when COVID came out, she really showed how left leaning she was. And we just went polar opposites, right? It was, you know, her, her she, nurse Erica has a world view on life. Hence her saying that nursing is not a calling. Right. I mean, how you take a profession where you give of yourself for 12 hours a day a two other to the healing and care mentally spiritually and physically of people and say it's not a calling you know again you know on the on another side of it monetarily that's where she's looking at it as a paycheck and hence why her views um, throughout COVID, you know, um, loving the mask, mm-hmm. loving the virtue signaling of it and promoting the vaccination and all of that, um, that she just showed who she was in that aspect is, is that she's not like well-researched at all. Right. right. And he just did, what is it like, get, a, go along to, get, to along, get along. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah. Where, we knew that it was harming people. I mean, all I say it all the time. All a nurse has to do, and perhaps, ladies, we should do another show on this because it's been a year, maybe for our year anniversary in a couple of weeks, we do a show on nursing ethics. And we go through those nine principles of nursing ethics and say, listen, guys, this is the oath that you took. This is the principles of our profession that you agreed to be bounded by. And that was the only thing that got me um, off of all of the complaints I had against my license when I recorded and exposed to the world that what was happening in the hospital was because my whole viewpoint was like, come after me. Come on. Come on, yeah. come after me because I'm going to show you what you told me and the, the oath that I took that I had to adhere to. And, and, you know, that's how my license is still clean and intact. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I completely disagree. And, and then there's also the aspect of when you, when you give of yourself, we're going to be rewarded you know, not only here on this earth, but in, you know, the ever after with Yeshua, you know, that's what he promises us. You know, there, there will be different crowns. There will be different robes up there that we will wear. And we know he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And my father's house are many mansions. If it weren't so, I would have told you, you know what I'm saying? So like, (laughs) this is what I am living for. (laughs) Right. Sam. And I think, you know, some nurses are not believers. And again, that's, you know, that's okay. Um, But you can't, you can't devalue or, or tell somebody that they, you know, that they can't call uh, nursing a calling when it so clearly is for so many of us. Um, I think that's where we kind of part ways. And the other thing, and she's, I know she's really, 
really big in, um, on unions. I've never been part of a nursing union. I am not real big on unions um, for many reasons. I think that they had their time and their place. I think that they have all been kind of uh, corrupted, co-opted by um, bad actors and nothing that, you know, I say it often, you know, I, I see um, her post about, you know, going on strike and protesting and doing this and that and the other thing, but it's like we're begging for change and it's never going to come. We've been doing this for decades. These are things that have, have plagued our industry for decades or longer before COVID, you know, safe staffing, um, uh, low pay, all of these things. This is nothing new. So why do we continue to beg for change that's not going to come? And that's why I'm so big about what we're doing with remnant nursing and in forging our own path forward and breaking away from this broken and corrupt system that just no longer serves us or our patients. Um, and, you know, like I said, I think um, Nurse Erica, you know, I, I I have respect for what she's doing out there and that she's fighting, trying to, and maybe in her uh, eyes, trying to fight the good fight for our fellow nurses. I think we disagree on uh, quite a number of things, but this is not to bash her at all. And, and certainly our platform is open. We would welcome her to join us. I think we can all agree on that. We would welcome her to join us here and like well, an open I, discussion. I you know, let's have an open discussion. We may not always disagree or, or agree with one another, but when we can come together and put this on the table, you know, that's when change happens. That's when we can start moving forward as a society and as a profession, when we stop, you know, being so rigid in our beliefs um, and not listening to the other side. I would be, I would absolutely welcome her to come on kind of how, how you had Nurse Lash on. I thought that was such a great productive conversation, Jody, um, about the, the masking and, and all of that. Um, because you were all able to, to listen to one another. Right. I think we just need to listen, but we need to talk. And, and it's sad because most of the time it's the left that, you know, um, shuts down and, and it's like, no, I can't even have a conversation. So but I, anybody listening to this, please send an email to nurses at americaoutloud.com and let us know of anybody that you follow or you see, and, and we'll send them an invite, a formal invite, you know, on, on DM. <laughs> as formal as <laughs> That's about as formal as we get over here. <laughs> Well, I t when I was at church this week, some families were letting me know that one of their sons was um, considering going into the medical profession, but he was wanting to prayerfully consider it because he really felt a calling to do it. That was the words they actually used. I said, oh, my goodness, let me talk to him, because I will often say to the young girls that I get in contact with, obviously, nursing is dominated by females, but it's not always um, females. Of course, it's a, minor it's a minority of males, but there is a lot of them. But the reality is, is that every generation is going to have the sick and dying, the birthing. We're going to need people that are going to be interested in research and solving. And sometimes those people who make the biggest um, impact on ev evolving into some new science that's going to uh, discover a cure are those who actually have a passion and a love for somebody enough that their loved one, uh, my my best multiple sclerosis doctor was his mother died from MS. And so he was dedicating his life to solving it. So it made an impact on the way that he actually approached his patients. He was an amazing physician because he, he was actually called to it. And I do believe that 
Um, you don't have to be a Christian to be called, um, but it's hard for me to fathom it without it for myself personally. But I just say that every generation must have the healers in it. So we want people going into this profession who feel a burden to relieve the suffering and relieve the oppressed and relieve the sick and dying and, and to help the new b- people be born into this world. Because it does take somebody who has a heart feeling that's going to, it's going to be, it's that burden to fight for the rights of others. Like even even some of these wonderful modalities that we're finding that are so beneficial for ourselves. The healer wants to bring healing opportunities to everybody. Like every time I learn somebody else is another suffering person, I want to tell them about what I've learned that will help them because why it is a heartfelt desire to be among the healers and to help heal. Um, so I, I'm sure y'all feel the same thing. And I think that that is probably one of the most valuable things about the profession. And we want more people like that in it. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Um, I, you know, if if I have a choice of the nurse who's been called and the nurse who's there for a paycheck, please give me the nurse who's been called, um, you know, every time. Uh, I, again, it doesn't, it doesn't devalue the profession just to be saying that you were called to it. Um, so I was, I was a little bit insulted by that comment because there's nothing that I promote at all that would devalue a nurse. Absolutely not. I mean, everything that I do in my work is to get nurses to actually see their value and not just see themselves as a hospital employee um, or somebody that has to be at the beck and call of hospital administration. And I mean, look at the rate of nurse suicide. We can we could that's a whole other topic we could delve into at some point. But I mean, it's um, there was one just recently and she actually wrote an email or a letter, um, as it was called, like a letter to her abuser. And it was, she was talking directly to the healthcare system. And it was absolutely heartbreaking and devastating. I think I'm going to do a show on that, um, in the, in the coming weeks. But well, we have to look at things like this and, and really understand that we can do better. We can 100% do better. And like you said, Michelle, it is going to take those of us who are awake and aware to gather the others who are awake and aware. And we are going to have to build something up alongside of this broken, corrupt system that is truly gonna serve people, uh, serve our patients and serve us as nurses, as doctors, as uh, other healthcare workers, other different modalities, you know, because it's certainly more than just nursing. We are really going to have to, to start focusing on a new nursing education system because what everything that is being taught is all based on a lie well jody while you're traveling abroad in all these countries you'll have to um poll some people and find out what they're saying about their medical systems in these countries well it's actually interesting uh i spoke to a guy that was here i'm gonna have him on the show 20 years he's been here just turned 40 um like a gentleman from ohio who uh, enrolled in the military, went to, um, where did he go? Afghanistan, yep. And then met an Italian woman and moved here to Italy. And he said that he was with her for a very short time, um, but he wound up staying. And he's been here 20 years now. And he said their healthcare system, you know, it's socialist, so it's free. Uh, he said it takes them a little bit to get to you, but once they get to you, they have amazing care. He said he could not speak highly enough about it. So, 
Yeah. I mean, there's that, but there's also a lot of different alternative modalities that are allowed to be done outside of the country because they don't, they don't advertise big pharma on their uh, social media or on their um, mainstream media. It's, and so I have to, I have to make sure, but I know in Colombia they do not. And in Spain, they do not as well. And so, I mean, that, that is a whole nother ball game there when you don't do that, you know? <laughs> it it really um, is, Jody. when you, when you stop talking about big pharma, and can you imagine what a dent we could make if we could just remove big pharma? And I want to talk about this. We're going to, we're coming up on a break, but I really want to get into um, the insurance industry. And what are your thoughts about if we removed the insurance industry altogether, um, this health insurance, because I really think that it's playing into uh, keeping us sick. I, I truly believe that in, in a lot of ways, but we'll we'll dig on into that here shortly. America Out Loud Talk Radio plays on the iHeartRadio network. You can also listen on our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best in-class apps available on Apple, Android, or Alexa 24-7. Great talk radio. All of our shows go to podcast the following day. You can hear them on apps such as Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart Podcast, and many more. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show on Apple Podcasts for me. Don't forget to check out our online store at americaoutloud.shop where you can find all of the products that we represent on our network at a discounted rate, including ASEA Redox, which I can personally speak to seeing fantastic results with, including better sleep, increased energy, improved mood, and a decrease in my joint pain. Use promo code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your purchase. We'll catch you on the other side of this break. Stay with us. It's time and This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? 
The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton, and I am joined again by Nurse Michelle and Nurse Jody O'Malley here today for another edition of Nurse News Analysis. Now, guys, make sure that you are making AmericaOutloud.news your daily stop for all of the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so we can help secure America's future. Now, if you're just joining us, we have been talking about a variety of different topics on this edition of Nurse News Analysis, and uh, we're going to just jump right back in. So, girls, I was looking on my Facebook today and you know Facebook memories is a sometimes great feature sometimes a not so great feature sometimes we see things that kind of stir up emotions in us that you know we maybe don't want to think about um and so a year ago I had posted actually it was two years it was two years ago this has been such a long journey and I shared about you know I had this post um where people were reviewing my organization, Nurse Freedom Network, and they were making some comments on some of the posts that I had made. And, you know, these people, and this is what I wrote in my post, I said, you know, these people will be called heroes. And I was being called a disgrace to my profession, ignorant, stupid, disgusting, dirty, shameful, 
these are the things that I was being called, um, you know, and I, I, like I said in my post, I call myself free. I call myself a child of God. But these, I, I would receive so much hate mail. You know, I had been reportedly turned into the Board of Nursing multiple times. I know this is true for Jody as well. Um, you know, I'm constantly mocked by my peers. When they're with me, they have those obedient little disinformation is deadly Facebook frames. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Um, and these are colleagues that they should know better. They should know better, but they're sitting and just complete and total apathetic silence. They're never questioning. They just blindly follow. Um, they never stand up for any actual science. They're not advocating, you know, for the, at the very least, they did not advocate for early treatment for these patients. To me, that's shameful. That is shameful. And I pray for these nurses and doctors and, and healthcare workers who are out here trying to stand up against this. You know, we, we are fighting for informed consent. Now, there's a lot of things that you can call me. You can call me a lot of different names. It is not going to affect me. But one thing that if you want to destroy me, call me a bad nurse. Call me a bad nurse and you will destroy me. So I wanted to share a couple of these uh, things here with you. Um, and what I, would, I was posting an article about it. It was uh, Mount Sinai Long Beach Hospital had fired 72 healthcare staff due to vaccine mandates. Then they ended up closing down that hospital due to a staffing shortage that they created. So, I mean, the stupidity is just beyond anything we can uh, even think about. But I want to read a couple of the comments that I've received and some of the hate mail that I received early on when I started Nurse Freedom Network, and we can kind of comment on these. Um, so, um, and, and we'll go ahead and call them out since they posted it publicly. Uh, her name was Amanda Cahoon. Uh, said she does not recommend Nurse Freedom Network. And she said, we are an anti-vax group claiming to be otherwise. These people have no problem endangering the lives of everyone around them, including the especially at-risk patients that they were employed to protect. Shameful humans claiming to have inside knowledge on something they actually know nothing about. Well, Amanda, I would love to know <laughs> what exactly you know uh, about anything. Um, it'd be interesting to me. I'd like to go back and research and see how many of these people are actually now vaccine injured or, or even still with us. Sadly, some of them may not be. I'd love to hear. I would Oops. love to hear. <laughs> Technical difficulties right there. <laughs> I would love to ask a couple of questions of anyone judging Nurse Freedom Network to see how well they do on the 20 vaccine questions for medical professionals test to see, do you even know any of the answers, Amanda? Amen. Exactly. And that's the thing is that they, they're just like Jody mentioned it earlier, going along to get along and they don't, they're just parroting the same talking points to follow the science, the evidence-based practice. And I think, you know, many of us have done, I've done that in the past, you know, before my eyes were opened, I was just as guilty of pushing vaccines when I knew nothing about them because we all implicitly trusted them. Um, so I, I'm, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't go to the extreme that this uh, woman did. Or how about this next one? We were called uh, by Bex Lynn. She called us a dangerous anti-science conspiracy theorist. Their beliefs are not rooted in reality or in the consensus of their medical peers. And I agree with you. Unfortunately, the consensus of my medical peers, um, they're not awake. They're completely indoctrinated. Would you agree? 
Yes. Yes. I, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are the people that are not looking at reality. You know, they're, they're not researching what other people are saying because it's easily, I mean, it's so evident. It's, it's evident visually, you know, um, like I had I, I told people before, you know, when I was working at the hospital, it's like you have to ask if they've been vaccinated. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to ask the question. And when you're not asking the question and you're just straying away from it, acting as though this is not experimental, acting as though that this is not a brand new technology and biologic agent um, never before used in humans. I mean, that it's it's wild to me. It's just right. maddening how. You think that this has been out for years and everything's just okay because people are okay, but yet we have kids dropping dead. We have new, you know, adult uh, death syndrome or whatever it's called, right? (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. turbo cancers, people bleeding, menstruations, um, the miscarriages, stillbirths. Uh, I mean, we can yeah, go you on. have your very own FDA saying that the death rate of uh, fetal death rate is higher than it's been in 20 years. And if your own FDA is saying that to those who are trying to scoff at these nurses, you want to say, are you not reading what your own FDA says? If, you, if you're worried about what the consensus says, that is the consensus telling you that there is a major problem with babies dying all over this country like it hasn't been in 20 years. And it'd be interesting to find out what happened 20 years ago that we might could uh, figure out why they were dying uh, apparently at a higher rate 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So something something is definitely wrong with that. At the High Wire actually just recently played on their show the CDC new head saying how safe and wonderful it is to have those those new COVID booster shots for your children and for these pregnant women and that it's safe. And and it's like, OK, you are the leading medical authority in the country. They are literally counting on you. People like this, these people who are criticizing Nurse Freedom Network. They're counting on you to tell them the truth because they are going to parrot whatever you say, not read it themselves. But if they actually, thank goodness, Dr. Peter McCullough was on there citing all the literature around this country and around the world that was saying, no, there is data published right now that 100% disagrees with what she just said. And the FDA had just said, babies are dying. Hello, Houston. I think we have a problem. Maybe the three-letter organizations need to figure out, is it this new EUA product that's entered the scene? Exactly. I mean, we we never had any, there was no long-term safety data. So we would never have been able to make such a bold statement of calling it safe and defective. And I will never st- stop calling these people out for, for saying that. I truly, honestly, I believe that any nurse, doctor, or other um, healthcare professional who used those words safe and defective, they, they need to be stripped of their licensure. I believe they should be brought up on criminal charges. How dare they say something like that? When you know, you absolutely know that we you have no leg to stand on to make that statement. We had no long-term safety data and look at the short-term data and how alarming that was. You, you named a bunch of them, Jody, just a few minutes ago. Um, 
I mean, we've, we've seen it over and over again. And it's like everybody's walking around with their blinders on, like they're deaf, dumb and blind. And they don't know, they're so baffled about what could be causing all of these different issues. I saw a post the other day that said that a, a common cold can now cause um, a blood clotting disorder. What? Yes, I, I know. I just saw that the other, I don't know where I saw it, but I saw a post that literally said um, that the common cold, they just discovered it, newly discovered that the common cold can actually cause a blood clotting disorder. So not the vaccine. But for those of us that are out there like myself who have had miscarriages, placentas the size of a palm and stroke in, in my head and in my body, strokes in my intestines, and somehow science hasn't evolved. It took them 10 years to figure out what in the world was causing Nurse Michelle's problems really over that much time, five years from the first severe stroke situation that happened to me. And now we know it's a antiphospholipid blood clotting disorder that uniquely um, COVID does cause the same syndrome an antiphospholipid like stroke syndrome and and we're supposed to believe that suddenly colds are causing blood clotting disorders when people like me have literally been going to specialists all over the country for years to figure out blood clotting disorders i don't think so yeah and also you know cold weather now causes heart attacks i mean cold showers now cause heart attacks and strokes i mean the absurdity it's just like i can't believe anybody is is listening let alone like parroting this as scientific fact it is the most absurd uh thing i think i've ever heard yet some of our esteemed colleagues are out there um, promoting this. Where is the critical thinking? Where has it gone? But let me continue on. I'll read you a couple more of these. Uh, I like this one. Vaccines save lives. I've seen too many patients take some of their last breaths. Get vaccinated. That's from Julie Kutu. No, thank you, Julie. I'm not going to get vaccinated. Um, what you saw was patients taking their last breaths as they were being systematically murdered for profit by the healthcare industry with medications like remdesivir, with protocols that promoted early intubation, ventilator, remdesivir, ventilator, death, wash, rinse, repeat. That's where you saw people taking their last breath, same as I did. It had nothing to do with uh, vaccine status, or it may have had something to do with vaccine status. I can remember making a comment on a Twitter space. I don't know if you guys remember this. I think you guys were on it. Um, uh, on a Twitter space, they were talking about how we were saying that hospitals weren't really full during the the height of COVID, like they were claiming it was more like the we didn't have enough nurses, so we were at like a capacity, nursing capacity. And then this um, gentleman who was on the opposite side of our belief system jumped on and said, that is not true. Hospitals were extremely full in December of 2020, December to January, 2021, January, 2022. I said, you know what? You're absolutely right. What happened in that time frame, December 2021 to January 2022? Uh, what what happened is was the vaccines were rolled out. Yeah. Right. Or actually, right. I'm sorry, December 2020, January right. 2021, whatever it was. But but that was exactly what it was. So he just proved my point for me that what we were seeing was not so much COVID or we were seeing people who get got COVID despite their vaccine. I call it vaccine injury, but you know. I did a show that was addressing why did we have a sudden epidemic of RSV in the summer of 2020 and the summer of 2021. And if you look back at the trial data for the pediatric trial data for COVID-19 vaccines, 
trials people, the number one uh, side effect for the adverse reaction to the COVID vaccine for the pediatric population was RSV. And they were doing the trials during the the very season that this epidemic was happening in a wrong season because RSV is supposed to be like from October to February every year. That's your typical season for RSV. And here we were having it in a bizarre time period that just happened to correlate with the time that the trial subjects were out there. So if a trial subject is a RSV candidate in the middle of a season, it's not supposed to be present. And that child gets around other kids. It's highly contagious. So what starts an epidemic of RSV? Nobody is looking at, uh, I even had some people exposing that some of the first cases of COVID that were showing up were in the cities where the COVID-19 vaccine trials were happening. And there's so much need for research for people who are into that kind of data to say, oh, wait, where were the first cases in California? Oh, wait, what was going on at that same time? Oh, that's where the trial subjects were coming for their first vaccines. Yep. Now, um, this is so much, so much absurdity, so much absurdity, yet we uh, continue. And, and some of them, I, I, that's what I don't, that's what I don't understand. I must have do something about this microphone. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not at home and my little setup, I'm trying to get it set up here and it keeps on falling on me, but it's all good. <laughs> um, but I think that, you know, we. I just can't believe that here we are three years later. And I would think that more people would start opening their eyes and do a, a mea culpa. And that's what I, I don't see happening or at least stay quiet. If you don't want to do the mea culpa, at least just like find a corner and go and go stand in it. Like don't say anything at all, but to continually still be promoting these boosters that even if you don't see the harm that they're causing, what have they actually done? Helpful. Have it, has it prevented transmission? No, absolutely not. It hasn't prevented transmission. So why are we still continuing? Even if we think that there's unknown risks, why would we, again, virus 99% survival rate, that's across all populations. It's absurd. Yeah. And it, and it was never clinically trialed to prevent transmission or infection. And we know, I mean, it's like they have a badge of honor, you know, it's like, oh, I've had COVID seven times. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Hey, I was one and done, you know, with my natural immune system. I was one and done with my unvaccinated self, but okay. But like, first of all, who's testing? Like, Right, exactly. 2020, (laughs) you know what I mean? Exactly. The fella came out. And he just tried, he just shot down something that's ridiculous going around too, saying, oh yeah, myocarditis is so much more prevalent in those that got the actual virus versus those who got the vaccine. And he, he gives all the actual science to say, absolutely cannot be supported. That is a, a, a phrase that's being repo- repeated, but it is not even accurate. And then like right now, Fox News has up that over half the people who got COVID have lingering symptoms after three years, new study finds. Well, it would be great to, first of all, Nurses Out Loud's got some solutions for you. So if you're one of those lingering COVID patients, give us an email at nurses at americaoutloud.news. We, we will give you some links to some help for you. The very likely chances are you were among the millions of people who got no early treatment taught to you or given to you. You weren't educated about it. You were left to linger with COVID your first time and your body is now paying for it. 
Yeah, we actually we are um, seeing and having a lot of success with some of the long COVID that we're dealing with with remnant nursing. Um, we've partnered with um, and are using a, a new homeopathic uh, protocol that has shown a 95% success rate um, among the long COVID. So we're really excited to be able to to guide our clients through that. Some of these people have been suffering for for years now, and they are starting to to get some relief from that finally. So we're really Really excited to see that people are actually doing the research about what can what can help, um, and not just talking. Go get your booster. Right. Please, for the love of God, people, stop getting. I think if you're listening to us, you're not getting shots anymore. Even if you got one or two, I think if you're even listening to this show, I highly doubt you're you're um, lining up for a booster shot. I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah I mean, how about? this it's like have a conversation with the people why is it that we're completely open every single person i know that is in this movement you know so-called dangerous people you know what they're calling it we're all willing to have a conversation but they're absolutely not you know, it's, you know, people have called it cognitive dissonance and, you know, a variety of other things. But I, I just I, I, it, it's just so close minded. We are scientists, essentially. Right. And we it, it, and science is all about data and discourse and discovery. So why they feel so hard line on their views that they're not willing whatsoever to have a conversation is just absolutely amazing. And it embarrasses me to call myself a nurse alongside of them. Absolutely. I was just reading uh, some more of these just hateful comments on here. Um, This one here from Jaden Lacey. She said, your entire page is filled with false information and bias. Only fools would listen to you. Reporting you to the Board of Nursing along with your Director of Clinical Research. Thanks for the laughs. McDonald's is hiring, but you'll still need to be vaxxed. Don't worry. I hear the nanobots are a lot nicer in the winter. Like... (laughs) I'm embarrassed that these people are like part of our profession. Where are the critical thinking skills? Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And I love this one. I love this one. Absolutely full of false information and right wing propaganda. What like my nursing stuff is not we all have our own political beliefs, right? I'm conservative and I don't make um, any any secret of that. But nothing I share is political. My position on this is not political at all. It's never been political. Never. Uh, no. and, and it was just like, oh, what are bad you medicine. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, Wait, what? What does that have to do with anything? And and, it, and, and if I were a Trump supporter, um, which I may have been at the time, I don't know where I'm at right now because Trump was actually promoting the vaccines. So I mean, there you go. So I, there, it, it wasn't anything that I would, and you know, just go along with anything President Trump said because I definitely broke with him on that issue. If the nurses that are out there that are listening to this, if you're one of the people that concur with some of these horrible things being said about Nurse Freedom Network, um, I would ask you to remember that as a U.S. citizen, you will occasionally be asked to serve on a jury and and then you may be chosen because you're a medical professional and the case may be actually associated to medical conditions. And what you're going to find, if you remember that the thing does exist, is called opposing opinions. And when you're there, you will hear one side of the jury speak about one side of the law room 
is going to be discussing why this person died in the hospital and and they're going to give medical data. Then the other side is going to come in and say um, what they thought was the cause of death. And you are going to be counted on to weigh both sides to make a decision because there's always alternative ideas, just like all your patients have an option to choose what treatment modalities they have for whatever diagnoses they may have. There's all kinds of options out there. If they want an alternative Like if you're opposed to alternative forms of science, if you don't like it, it's not your cancer. That person can choose an alternative method. It's not yours to judge just because somebody else is doing something different. Absolutely correct. I think we are getting ready to run out of time. We've got like maybe one or two minutes left. Jody, get in the last word. I know you like to do that. (laughs) You want me to take it away? I mean, take it, just get in a last, you know, one last little word. I know you like to do it and then I'll end the show. All right, guys. Um, You know, my, my stance is always and will always be to love one another and be kind and respectful and have communication. So that is what I encourage every single one of you guys to do, especially this holiday season you know, listen, but ask questions and try to get your family and friends that you come around to start just critically thinking about things, you know, lay little gems. It's not our job to change people's minds, but it's our job to tell the truth. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We have to give the information. What they do with that information is up to them. But as long as we've provided it, you know, that is truly and uh, really all that we we can do. Well, ladies, thank you guys for joining me for another edition of Nurse News Analysis. But that is all the time that we have for today. But remember, we are here on the air five days a week, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also catch our encore at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please be sure to tune in and listen to myself and my amazing sister nurses. As we walk you through all of these hot topics, we will empower you with information and education. We will advocate and we will stand in the gap for you because we are nurses and this is what we do. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton, and again, joined by Nurse Michelle and Nurse Jody O'Malley. We are in a war for truth. We are putting out a bounty on the real misinformation and exposing the purveyors of propaganda. No topic is off limits as we shine our lights and expose the darkness. It's time